You're watching the Tesla Life with your host, Mark Hoglin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 297. A quick shout out at the beginning of the show to Lee Moon for the music that we use every week. Thought we would mention yes. that at the front. But uh, also, also we've got <laughs> obviously we've got a new panelist that's just joined the podcast. <laughs> you can see that's uh, Moto, that's uh, Casey's daughter. Um, hi, Moto. Mm -hmm. Wave, hi. We'll be doing uh, baby Hello. seat reviews later uh, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones fit best in the Teslas? <laughs> Also, we've got Casey with us, another long-lived <laughs> participant in the show. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty well today. Excellent. Doing pretty well. Excellent. How's the weather in Caseyville today? So today it was cooler. It was like a high of 64 Fahrenheit. and uh... Man, high 64. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I remember those days. Nice. It was 80 yesterday. <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah. yeah, like 86. We took her to the park and the mosquitoes tried to eat her. So we ended up coming back early. Oh, get the mosquito net out. Look out. Ooh, Look out. Yeah. Also joining us from the West Coast, we have Mr. Patrick Connor. How are you today, sir? Hello. I'm good. We've had some crazy weather here today. Uh, from like 9 to 10, it was snowing with huge flakes. And then... By noon, it was uh, sunny, <laughs> and now it's a great spring day. So we're all over the map. We had a little, little winter, a little summer, a little spring. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We're um, we're getting some uh, about thirty-two degrees is our high every day for the right. last uh, little while. So uh, just staying on the, hoping to stay on the positive side because uh, that, of course, is zero or plus one. We want to stay positive keep above that freezing mark but uh we'll no, see that was that was 32 freedom units i assume because 32 uh standard would be quite comfortable outside <laughs> that's right it's, mm -hmm. it's 32, 32 fred as we like to say but uh, fred. <laughs> but, uh zero is equal to 32 fred so uh we're uh staying on the positive side and uh hopefully we'll get some warmer weather in about a week so that's what we're looking forward to but hey, it beats sleet and snow at any time. So we're, we're happy to get sunny skies in, in 32. We're, we're quite happy with that. There you go. Because, of course, we get the five degrees, and that's convertible weather here in, here in Ontario, anyways. <laughs> I think it should be, it should be uh, not Fred, but like Farah. That makes more sense. Farrah. Let's go with that. <laughs> Farrah, awesome, mm -hmm. uh, first in the chat this week was Derek. Yes, indeed. Hello, Derek. And uh, Derek is enjoying a, a nice day in California with a uh, a 58 Fred uh, partly cloudy day. <laughs> Farrah, come you? on, we just decided. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to change on a dime, Patrick. <laughs> hard to change. How about on a loon? <laughs> <laughs> Inflation on a toonie. Okay, let's get on with it. Uh, we got a bunch of news. We wanted, of course, to give uh, a little bit of a recap of what happened last week. When we, uh, oh, we got to vote for Fred. So no. but, uh, we, uh, uh -oh. last week we talked uh, 
quite a bit uh, about the uh, investor day, which happened, which was over three hours long. Uh, just the, uh, yeah, approaching four actually with the Q&A added to the end. And um, we just wanted to go through some of the uh, basics uh, that uh, we wanted to touch upon uh, to uh, spur some conversation. But, uh, and Patrick, uh, you were quite happy to hear about Master Plan 3 uh, being introduced. Yes. And uh, I was wondering if you could kind of give us a little bit of a feedback on what you thought about the the master plan um, and, and uh, some of the thoughts that uh, you had uh, over the past week. Yeah. So often in uh, corporate events like this, you only hear them talking about hyping up their product or what's coming next. And that's not at all what this was. This was about how do we transform our planet? How, how I have to say it. How do we move to a future free from fossil fuels as a planet? Yes, that was the the main gist of it. And often in in the past, Tesla has made claims that people have just said, that's ludicrous. That's never going to happen. And Tesla has proved them wrong. Ludicrous is what my car drives. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, it's not ludicrous. It's a feature. (laughs) And it's because they're coming at it from this perspective. I mean, they were looking at how many terawatt hours of energy does the entire planet use? And and so that's not normal. It's awesome, but it's not normal. And so when you come at things from that perspective of the big picture, you can get to a very different place than someone looking at how do I take my current product and make it a little better or a little cheaper? And And so... That's what I thought was cool about this is it was it was big picture. And that's what we need. We don't yeah. just need some little minor improvement. We need to figure out it. We have a, a massive economy that's primarily powered by fossil fuels. And that has to end at energy. some point. <laughs> and yeah. it is, but they, they, they call it energy as if it's normal. Like, this, right. is, this is, makes sense to do. Uh, yes, you, you mentioned like the the little incremental improvements and like the the, the mm-hmm. weird mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. They mentioned mm-hmm. at Investor Day about how Toyota called the Model Y a work of art, right? Because they were in the wrong mindset to even conceive of this, right? And so maybe they'll look at it, maybe they'll learn a few things from it. They'll try to catch up with it, and by the time they have it implemented, Tesla will be five generations past that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because sure. you, you can't, you can't win by chasing i mean it's it's right uh so this is exactly the the, the cool stuff that tesla's doing they're thinking about it a whole new way one of the one, one of the best things i thought that came out of the master plan was so i've been into eco stuff for a long time and um so i'm reading a bunch of, of various tree hugger articles and 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 um quite literally one of them was uh, anyway um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tree, yeah, uh, and um, you often see this thing of, oh, we have to conserve, we have to conserve energy, and we have to live this very frugal life, um, and that's the only way that we can save ourselves. And You're I not think wearing that's, a hairnet yeah. sweater, how could you? <laughs> yeah, um, what we need is energy abundance and you get this abundance by having renewables. If you're using fossil fuels, by definition, there's a finite amount of it and that has to be rationed. 
And so, of course, that leads you to, uh, oh, I don't want to run out and we don't want to have the entire economy fail and society fail because we are running on this fossil fuel. So we should conserve it. But when you move to renewable energy, you don't have a limit. You, uh, uh, the solar panels are going to make power all day and you can do whatever you want with it. If you have more than enough to meet your needs, guess what? You've got more than enough. You can do other stuff and not be like, oh my God, I have this carbon footprint and because I'm, 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 I'm doing crypto mining and you know how much energy that uses and that's horrible. Well, if you're sourcing it from green, uh, then you don't have to worry about that. And green so and it's surplus, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the um, message of you can have abundant energy. You can do all the things you want to do you, and you can do them renewably. That I thought was the, the, the most important message. And, and it was sort of underplayed, um, I think. Uh, Musk's energy seemed a little low to me. And, and because the event was so long, any one message kind of got drowned out by a lot of other stuff. Um, Plus, the people so, he was speaking to never understand this type of presentation anyway. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a, yeah, these guys, uh, it was investor day. Of course, it was, right? more than the you, next, you, it was more than the next quarter. It was 30 years out. So they really don't want to hear it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street is quarter to quarter focused. And um, I used to love it in the early days of Tesla stock, and let's say 2012, when uh, Musk would say something like, this is what we're doing. If you don't like it, don't buy our stock. I would just yeah. say, yes, good. Don't let them force you into this quarterly mindset. And uh, it, was, it was nice to see that he had the cojones to stand up to that pressure and still does. Yeah. Yeah, that was my big takeaway from the day. The, the other thing on that same subject that I like they pointed out was that um, – you make this uh, this mineral investment once versus when you're mm -hmm. mining for, um, for for combustibles, you have to continue yes. to do that. So so, so right. what if it uses some cobalt or some nickel or whatever? Yes, it does. Uh, we're not minimizing that. I mean, we're, we're working right. to make it smaller, but uh, you, you do it once. And for 30 plus years, the thing is out there continuing to make more power. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Every uh, resource that gets mined to go into batteries is then recyclable for the next generation of batteries. And that next generation of batteries is going to be even better technology, meaning whatever those resources are, we'll be able to make even more uh, kilowatt hours of storage. So, yeah, it's it was pretty cool. Now, it's interesting that um, uh, you mentioned that, Patrick, about renewables uh, having uh, you're able to enjoy everything uh, if you've yes. got the proper amount of renewables. The thing is, is that over time, renewables obviously have been growing in the percentage mm -hmm. uh, that they have on the power grid. And I don't see that changing. Like what will happen mm -hmm. is eventually we'll get to 100% of renewables on a certain day. Then it'll yep. turn into or 100% for a week and mm -hmm. a month and then a year. But mm -hmm. the and they'll be like, is, oh, when, when were we not? The, the thing is, is that, <laughs> is that all those people adding renewables, they're not going to stop even when we get to 100%. There's going right. to be overcapacity. It, mm -hmm. it, it's just going to come because, because they're, they're figuring out that it costs less to implement and it lasts longer and the cost per kilowatt is less. So it's just going to spur more and more companies to push renewables onto the grid system and of course, they'll be looking at wind, they'll be looking at solar, they'll be looking at geothermal eventually, mm -hmm, and they'll mm -hmm. also be looking at battery storage. All those yes. things are going to contribute to a rock solid grid 
that will have multiple options as time goes along because we're going to have overcapacity. It's just mm-hmm. it's just the nature of the beast. It's we are going to definitely have overcapacity with renewables. And a good point about that overcapacity is it allows you to crack water to make hydrogen for for heat. That way, it's actually more uh, fuel efficient for the high heat industrial uh, situations, like like they pointed out, as well as. Uh, you can then make an electric rocket. It's, it's going to be fossil fuel powered, but you can make that fossil fuel by using <laughs> carbon and, uh, and, and uh, H2O rather than right. uh, digging it out of the ground. Right. Yeah, you can extract it from the atmosphere, which is something we probably need to do at some point. And, and, yeah. uh, and, it's, and not many people that are running a company are going to be laying out a plan as to how to turn the earth into a sustainable function for all its inhabitants. Like this, this plan is like, if you're thinking about the 10,000 foot view, this is more like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. foot view. That <laughs> he, he's gone out there and said, here are all the different pieces to all the different bricks to lay in place mm-hmm. in order to get to a sustainable future. And I don't think anybody has ever done that. Uh, on such a grand scale. Now, Tesla's right. not going to do this alone, and maybe that's of one of the things in the in the uh, walkthrough that he really didn't address, which was how much of this was going to be Tesla compared to if we're going to make the world sustainable. Is Tesla's role in this five percent? Is it maybe ten percent? Is it greater? Don't know. But but at least he's laid out the plan that others can fact check. They say they're going to release a white paper on this as well. So we can look at the numbers, others can look at the numbers, and and we can all get to a point where we can say, yeah, this is doable. This is something yeah. that we as humanity can work towards, and it's going to benefit us all. So right. uh, I, I'm glad he laid out this large plan uh, in order for uh, many people to uh, review and get on board. My you tagline is, is uh, that... Master Plan 3 was about Earth 2.0. <laughs> right. So we've talked in the past about how almost everything that he's doing at all the companies uh, can translate directly to Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this can be just the same way the Gigafactories can be copy-pasta to uh, each new Gigafactory. You can take this and then put it on Mars, uh, minus the, we got to bring our, our own air with us for the, for, for the beginning. Yes, because you're not going to find massive coal and oil reserves on Mars. So right. from the get-go, it has to be 100% renewable. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, that was quite a bit to chew off at the beginning of the presentation. That was just the start of it. Uh, yeah. So then he started to roll into, uh, uh, he brought up obviously uh, uh, company leaders uh, that were in different divisions of Tesla, uh, different departments. And that was kind of interesting too. We we got to meet some more people uh, that are behind Tesla and have been there for a number of years, mm-hmm. and uh, they got into some details. Now we can't go through it all. Like I said, it was almost four hours total, but uh, just wanted to touch upon something that I thought was kind of interesting, which was the modification or improvement of uh, car assembly. They they brought up a graphic of a Model Y and they yeah. showed how it typically is built where the body frames or the, the pieces are stamped. They're put together in some sort of a subframe that makes the car. It heads into paint. Everything is painted all at once. The car is disassembled, and then it rolls along a conveyor belt where 
different pieces are added to the car until they build the shell around it eventually again, add the doors and again. put in the glass <laughs> and, uh, and, and end the process. What Tesla was, was advocating in their future vehicles is that they're going to be building this almost like um, uh, a, a sub-assembly where there'll be four, say, four parts of the car that are all being worked on independently and where there's no assembly, disassembly, assembly having to happen. They're wanting to do all the steps, put all the pieces together, and then attach them all at the end of the line to make the complete car to only do assembly once. And of course, they're looking for the efficiencies that that brings in time and money uh, when that is happening. Now, again, they did it with a demonstration with the Model Y. They indicated that will not happen with the Model Y. They do not want to slow down the uh, current production lines. Uh, they want to do this with their future lines. Their Gen 3 car is what they're thinking about. I don't know if they're going to do it for the Cybertruck. I didn't quite get that impression when watching that. Did you two make sense? It would make sense to do it for Cybertruck if it's not too far along the implementation, uh, because that that goes perfectly with their with their um, structural pack uh, framework. Because like they they mentioned, you know the, the 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 assembly process tends to copy the organizational structure. So you've got your front mm -hmm. half, your back half, and your in your middle with the battery. Uh, so while they're already separated, just bolt everything in and then finish the whole thing. It it, it would go perfectly. But if they've already started like at the end of last year, they'd already started laying out the assembly line. So if they were too far in uh, with their investments, they might not want to redo it again and have to start over with Cybertruck from, from zero because yeah. people are jumping at the bit. But <clears throat> and and well, it, it, might, it might be a good way to start with Cybertruck since this is a completely different vehicle than the 3 mm -hmm. and the Y. And it uh, maybe it makes sense for that. Uh, but um, there is, uh, exactly I guess, like we'll, <laughs> hopefully we'll see as time goes along. But definitely third generation uh, platform, they will want to implement this. So yeah. we'll see I, if Cybertruck gets included. If, if Mexico makes Model Y in addition, in addition to Gen 3, their Model Y will be that new assembly process that they did show us on a Model Y. Yeah. But he said they're not going to start there. And that makes sense because then they would have to stop a line and, and you're going to stop a line that makes the world's best selling individual model. Right. Don't think so. <laughs> yeah. They want to keep the yeah. lines rolling. One of the things that comes out of this for me is uh, Musk has said many times that Tesla's biggest um, strength is that they're going to be the best manufacturer in the world. And the manufacturing process has not undergone a lot of innovation. So, uh, I mean, we, we saw this uh, with the, hundred years. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's been, again, there's all been this, oh, how can I make this a little bit better? Not how can I yeah. reinvent the whole thing? Right. And that's that what part. they're doing here. They're not just looking at little ways to change, but that's, 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 that's blow. I, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this idea came about when they were thinking, eventually when Optimus is working, how could we best utilize as many robots to get it built as fast as possible? And then they came up with this idea and said, you know, we can actually implement this today <laughs> because that's the kind of thinking they're doing. They're not just thinking, right. you know, yeah. And you're, you and you're right. The last time we blew it all away was when we brought the assembly line to automobiles. I mean, mm -hmm. The assembly line wasn't new. Ford brought it in. 
and and then right. made it work. Bef but, yeah, before that, everything was bespoke, right? You brought in the car right. sat there, and the people that needed to came to it instead of the other way around. Or, or the people, or the people went around. Yeah, and and mm -hmm. and and the same thing is true of Musk. He doesn't invent a lot of the stuff that we see them do, but he brings it in, or brings in stuff that somebody would never think to do. He and the team bring in stuff that people would never think to apply to rockets, to cars, to uh, uh, internet, and and then. Yeah, it's not new and novel, but the fact that nobody else has done it this way yet, that's where the secret sauce comes in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the ability to step back or not be so intimately involved with it that you believe that it's only done this way and can't mm -hmm. think of any way else. Um, looking at it saying, well, this works for us now, but if we have to increase by a 10x platform, we can't do it. There's no way. Right. So now we have to look at what are the ways can we improve efficiency, improve speed, improve output mm -hmm. uh and that's that's what comes of this some of the that's other really things that... you can't get an alien dreadnought using a traditional assembly process because there's no way that you're going to get and, people hanging and, from the and, you, and you're you, as as mentioned casey that's what they're thinking more of is mm -hmm. automation going forward too like mm -hmm. that like maybe maybe not even as far as the robots uh the optimist patrick but definitely the robot arms is what they're thinking yes. about how Absolutely. can we get an arm in there to uh, make this uh, a one or two or three step process instead of a, a five or six step process? Like this is right. definitely like, like, what they're thinking about. Right. Like and the, the most wiring. Right. The most important thing with all these is that you have to have failure has to be an option because if you tell people you can't fail, they're not going to take risks. They're only going to do little tiny things that they can prove easily and then say, oh, yeah, okay, we can make this little improvement. And that's what we've had for hundreds of years, or yeah. 150 years. Yeah. But like with the uh, with the low voltage wiring, you, you've got you, you've got it getting shorter and shorter and lighter and lighter. Two two reasons it's able to get lighter is uh, they got the 48 volt construction coming, and mm -hmm. uh, and and when it's rigid, uh, a machine can can manipulate it. And as we found out with Flufferbot and and a couple of its uh, compatriots, is that if it's a dangly wire, you got so much machine vision and computation that it's right. quicker just to get a get a, an employee and get them to go oh, boop. But if it's if it can just go in and bolt in automated, uh, right. now now that's something that the human can do something else, something more productive, something more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then some some other pieces that were added on to this was the modification of not just how the cars assembled, but what pieces are going into it. So they talked about the uh, the electric motor that uh, is at the heart of every Tesla vehicle, and uh, they uh, talked a little bit about rare earth metals and how they believe that the next generation will have zero rare earth metals uh, in it, uh, which of course is a plus because over time, rare earth metals, not only are some of them getting a bad name as to how they're being mined, but they're also rare in some cases and only certain countries have them in volume. And uh, of course, when something is in high demand uh, and there's low quantities of it, the price continues to skyrocket up. Uh, when companies are buying it. So over a period of time, Tesla is paying higher and higher margins uh, for something that's just become scarce. So Tesla can see the writing on the wall. When we're making 10 to 20 times more vehicles than we are today, mm -hmm. guess what? That stuff is going to cost 10 or 20 times more at that time. So right. getting, getting uh, involved with the actual chemistry of those of the battery packs and how they're used, they can turn around and drive those motors 
uh, with uh, no uh, rare earth minerals. And of course, that just saves the bottom line and it saves assembly and ease of putting the pieces together. And of course, getting it from your suppliers are all pluses uh, in that type of scenario. And, and, and the rarity is describing how, how obtainable they are at commercial scale or industrial scale. So if if they're rare for what you need to you know industrially build a car commercially, uh, if you just don't use any, now you're not exposing yourself to that market fluctuation that's coming if everybody else is using that that, that material. Yeah, right. And if you want to have a affordable car, you can't have these rare and expensive minerals in there. Although a lot of them, uh, despite the name, are really not that rare depending on right. which one you're discussing. So you have to really dig into the details for sure. But this is this is awesome because this is how they can get to 20 million uh, level scale, making it affordable. And then to add to that, they talked a little bit about the future drivetrain. Uh, the total drivetrain is, and they, they quoted it as a price of under $1,000 uh, per drivetrain, uh, which wow. of course is something that is remarkable when you just think a Hold few on. years ago. I'm or sorry, one motor. was that whole car or one motor? A drive train. Okay, so all of it. Damn. So they, they were, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like a, a assembly piece. So they're, yeah. they're seeing electric motors, um, uh, you know, differential. Uh, Everything but the battery. Right. Um, so that is, a, is another advancement. And it's interesting that Tesla is announcing this stuff. Again, it's for investors. I get it. But they're also announcing it to their competition in a way. They're, they're going out there and saying, listen, there's plenty more where this has come from. If you thought the 20% drop in price uh, was shocking, wait till you see our next generation vehicle where all these different pieces can be implemented to either keep our price down or keep it lower um, over time. So uh, this was kind of interesting uh, to, uh, to see as well. They've been able to do that in the past repeatedly and just be ignored. I think they've moved beyond that. Now when they say this stuff, the competition is paying attention. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all sorts of uh, cool things uh, when it comes to the assembly. Another, another piece of information uh, was the 48-volt system uh, that uh, mm -hmm. is... Uh, has never been implemented by another auto manufacturer, except for possibly a specialty auto, like a specialty job. Uh, but uh, this uh, allows Tesla, of course, again, to save margins again on mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the less wire, the less thick wire that has to be put in in a 12 volt system as you're running uh, different jobs across the car. The ability to build almost like a, an information highway of wire where it can just send out pulses on the line and save yourself all these extra strands of wire where the mm -hmm. pulses can be sent off to the different jobs they have to perform or updates that have to happen as compared to having a separate wire for every separate thing that happens in the car. So uh, a 48 volt system is what will start with the Cybertruck apparently. That's going to be their start of the 48 volt system. And they indicated that every vehicle going forward we'll have a 48 volt system as well. I'm really curious to see if the rest of the industry follows them here because I think they are going to, because, well, okay. So um, uh, I listened to the Ford earnings call and uh, their CEO uh, Farley said something like, we had 70 pounds of extra wire in there that uh, we didn't need. 
And this is just a lesson we learned the hard way. And so um, this allows, even if you had trimmed all those to the shortest they could possibly be uh, and got rid of that weight, well, if you go to a higher voltage, um, the way that electricity works, the, 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 you, it's about power. And you can get power through current or voltage. And if you, uh, current is what requires thicker wire. So you can go to thinner wires if you have higher voltage, lower current. And so this is going to make Tesla's cars even lighter. So for, the, for a given battery pack, which is the primary cost driver, they're going to get farther because it's lighter. And so, yeah, this is, again, getting to a, a good range, affordable car. This is a smart move to get there. And I think the entire industry should move as fast as possible to follow Tesla's footsteps here. And, and the ones the that DC aren't asleep. And lighter too because the ones that aren't asleep at the switch will probably move with them as well, I would think. Yes. Yeah, like, like, like Ford and VW have both said, hey, we're behind. Uh, this is what we're going to do. And, and this is VW under the old CEO and new CEO. Whereas you've got GM and a few others saying, oh, we're the best. We're going to take over. We're leading from behind. Uh, so. We're leading from behind. <laughs> well, they don't say that last part. but <laughs> uh, And, of course, uh, another thing that uh, we've talked a little bit about is, is the uh, third-generation platform. It was shared uh, with the audience that the third-gen platform is not just a single car it's going to be multiple cars. And they showed up a graphic uh, of their different current vehicles, and then they had uh, tablecloths over a few vehicles, a couple of them that uh, were mm -hmm. not uh, yet available. And, uh, of course, what was interesting was the, uh, the tablecloth appeared to be over a van-type vehicle, which could either mm -hmm. be a commercial-type delivery van or it could be the new robo-taxi possibly as well. Don't really know. Right. Uh, and then, of course, wagon. yeah, mm. station wagon, yeah, a tall station wagon. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the other option, it's got a Wally that, world. the other sorry, option sorry. that they had that was uh, covered uh, was the 70 million vehicle tablecloth. And that, of course, was a smaller looking vehicle. It looked more like a sedan or hatchback, uh, stylish uh, under the tablecloth. But, um, we're thinking, of course, you know, that that could be that hatchback, that German hatchback that's already been designed or the uh, the smaller sedan that's yeah. been designed in uh, in Shanghai. Uh, there's there's a few of them that could fit that bill or it could be both. As he said, there is more than one vehicle that's going to be built on the third generation platform to make up that 700 million vehicles. And, and, and the idea of doing it as a platform on purpose from the beginning makes sense because right now the Model mm -hmm. Y and the Model X, uh, they have certain compromises built in because they were actually just stretched and lengthened and heightened sedans uh, rather than uh, like we see with the other manufacturers where they've got these frames where they can add and remove modules and, and, and length and adjust the, the axle widths where, where they're designed from the start. They don't have some of the same growing pains that the Model Y and the Model X had because they were not afterthoughts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a lot of uh, lot of information. Well, a lot of perspective information and uh, actual information was given out during uh, the uh, presentation. Uh, as Patrick mentioned, uh, Optimus was given a bit of an update, uh, a quick update showing uh, 
a few optimists working <laughs> together, building another optimist. Uh, but uh, taking a group a mommy photo, and a, a daddy selfie, optimist. Uh, giving the uh, hang loose sign, all sorts of little <laughs> Easter eggs thrown in that little presentation. But more importantly, it did show us some of the functionality of the robot. Uh, it showed its, its dexterity, being able to pick up a, a nut and put it in place and then hit it with an impact gun. Uh, being able to actually walk a little bit more confidently than what we saw in the previous demonstration. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, An arm or a leg or a, uh, showing the muscles working on their own, even when not being attached to the actual robot. So again, part of the dexterity of the uh, different pieces uh, of the robot uh, was interesting to see. So didn't stay a lot on it. Elon tried to reinforce about people just don't seem to get it that uh, these robots, uh, once uh, inserted into our lives, are, are going to be invaluable when it comes to labor. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, the economy uh, is based on labor of humans. Once you add in one or two times the robots that there are in of, of people, then you're at a point where how do how do you how do you actually track the economy when it comes to its its output? Because now mm. you can just add the labor force at any time if you have the resources to build the robots, and then after that they're you know they'll run for a cycle of time uh, and artificially prop up uh, the economy's numbers. So he's basically saying that we will we will have an infinite number. Uh, of man hours uh, once these robots start to roll into service and can start to take over some of the human jobs uh, that uh, are uh, tougher for humans to do or undesirable for humans to do is uh, what they're pushing. So again, this is really, it. I saw this more as a, another advertisement for engineers to come work for Tesla as opposed to anything solid as to where, when it's going to be rolling out, uh, when we're going to see the first version actually sold, all that kind of stuff is way off into the future as far as I can see at this point. I do wonder if if the robot and the semi-truck are running the same FSD as, as the production cars or how far their branches are from being merged because it seems that you, know, you can save an engineer if you can just build it once and, and let everything run it, whether or not it has four wheels or four limbs. Or six in the case of the truck. <laughs> yeah. Na navigating in office space is going to be radically different from navigating the highway. <laughs> right. Yeah. But right. yeah, but yeah. Th there will be some commonality in methods and the the um, they'll both be able to use dojo for training and it, it yeah, so there's there's certainly a lot of overlap, but I don't think it's uh, enough that you could just run the same stacks. <laughs> so well, again, course. Mark this, this reminds me, we just talked about how we could get to a place where there's an abundance of energy, and then what would that open up if we had free electricity uh, that you could do? Paper clips. It, it, so, and now, if we have an abundance of labor, what would that open up? This could be a radically different world with those Absolutely. two things together. Yeah, that, yes. makes, uh, that, that can make the equation completely different uh, for mankind. So it'll yes. be it'll be interesting to see as to once these once these things start to roll in place, once the uh, abundant energy appears uh, and <laughs> abundant uh, labor, it's going to it's going to be a game changer for all of us. I can definitely see that. And, and, for and, and of say, course, oh. and of course, nobody in the Wall Street crowd even 
cares about this because right. it's, it's it, not a car in their, they don't eyes, care. in their eyes it's too much pie in the sky at this point right. it doesn't yeah. mean anything uh these people are looking for quarter to quarter results and the long term does not affect them at all it's, it's almost like it you know, they're an ostrich and they just stick their head to ground from quarter to quarter but uh this is right. uh this is some really long-term stuff and uh it's it's interesting to see that tesla is a long-term company we've seen yes. this for since its beginning about them telling us how the how the layout was going how many times did we hear the story about the hockey stick of growth nobody yes. believed it in wall street until it actually happened it, yeah. it was model yeah, y. and and it Ooh. was it, <laughs> model 3 model 3 well, model was 3, the, model the y first especially part of the like stick, right like yeah, it was yeah, it's, nobody understood it or believed it uh that exponential growth would actually happen uh, right. but uh well but to, guess, to go on the robots a little bit more uh you've got this robot replacing physical labor and then you've got musk had to recuse himself from open ai because they were going to be a competitor uh, we've seen what open ai and and their customers are able to do just with large language models imagine mm -hmm. what uh, a different approach would be on the the just the, the the thinking and conceptualizing and perceiving uh it, it's probably not just gonna be physical labor they go after they might um use this and, and not just with dojo and training but also just think think higher level like white color jobs would be also uh at risk of getting replaced with either theirs or somebody else's tech soon yeah well again again the the uh the robots limitation of being able to type or something completely it's going to be a plug-in like the, the it's going to be just a brain that's going to be required to Sometimes, do those yeah, type of like, jobs like you know, over the air like oh yeah you're, you're i found a new way to, to make these faster and now you can make them uh, eight nanoseconds yeah. faster yeah and actually that, when they start i have to be honest it's a little bit scary yes oh yeah the, the amount of change that's going to happen with ai rolled into this this is this this could be it could be really beneficial and there could be some bad things too uh so yeah. it's a it's a mixed bag really uh, when you think about the the total hit to the environment that both these things are going to bring to mankind right I yeah i think the, about uh, how much the world changed with the internet and then how much yeah. it changed with smartphones ai is going to be that and more i think I hope we got the Asimov loving uh, Elon when, when it came to programming in their limits rather than uh, uh, the one we see making fun of people all left and right. Because <laughs> mm. there's going to be a difference to what this thing will do without without that. Now, another topic of interest, of course, is um, the uh, beta version, I guess, of Cybertruck that was at the uh, show. Yes. Um, so let's uh, let's share some photos that uh, we got. There they are. So uh, I don't think the red, I don't think the red lightsabers come with the vehicle, but uh, <laughs> they had uh, I did the uh, optional package. <laughs> they, I did they notice the light bar is not there on the uh, front. Oh, um, on the upper, the upper. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Now Elon tell. did talk about the light bar coming back at some point, did he not? The rear one he never said anything about the front one which is okay yeah that's right it was the rear one the rear red yeah. bar right yeah i wonder if that's what the lightsabers are just rear <laughs> rear red bars <laughs> <laughs> could, be. could be 
Uh, there's the uh, modified yoke steering wheel. So they the did go with the closed yoke. Oh, the woke. Uh, in this case. <laughs> <laughs> a woke steering wheel. There you go. Part wheel, part yoke. It's a woke. I love it. Uh, so uh, you've got the uh, you've got the closed loop on top, and it's kind of a, a rectangular uh, style. Not uh, not it's not quite square. It's a little bit more rectangle than square. Yeah. Also, we noticed that the uh, center seat in the front uh, was missing. So they had a console oh. instead of a center fold-down seat uh, that became the console in the uh, demonstration truck at the beginning. This does look like a more useful um, console now, uh, rather than one that has to, like we've seen on some of the Fords and Chevys where they fold up, they're not as good as the ones that are permanently designed to be consoles. Another point of interest uh, was that the stainless steel uh, back uh, has changed uh, to a coated back. So we've got uh, some sort of a plastic coating uh, over the uh, the uh, open, um, what do you call that? The, uh, the vault. The vault. bed or the vault. Or... Yeah. So, so there's uh, a, a theory uh, at this point that might explain the, the lack of the front light bar. Somebody suggested that rather than them doing the whole, uh, putting the, the, the bed cover through the... Uh, through the back of the truck and then under the floor, uh, they're suggesting that perhaps it just goes straight back into the like the sunroof area. Uh, and so if this is a solar vault cover, then it would always be exposed because the, the roof is glass. And if it tucks in over the passenger area, then it might be worth giving up the light bar if, if it means that anytime the truck is parked outside, it's generating some power <clears throat> during the daytime. Another piece of interesting news from someone that was at the actual show uh, is they noticed that the there were seals along the side of the uh, Cybertruck tail. So the seals indicate that uh, they have a, a, a need for it to be a little bit waterproof in some reason. And of course, uh, if this uh, vehicle is going to be crossing some streams and small <laughs> bodies of water, as Elon has uh, posted previously, uh, maybe that's part of the reason that there's seals on the uh, tailgate. Perhaps. I was thinking uh, just like if, if he if he follows through and, and gives us what we asked for about the, uh, the HVAC in the vault, that'd be a good way to keep some of it from leaking out. True. Yeah, true as well. If, if there's some way to get that HVAC from the cabin uh, into the back. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. I didn't see a way that you could get a human from the cab to the, to the vault. But uh, I think that would be a good compromise if you can like get the air from the vault from the cabin to the vault. Now the the other thing we're, they're going to have to worry about is if there was some sort of a fold down like uh, an old Chevy Avalanche uh, where the the midsection would fold down, you would have to worry about how does the tonneau cover, which was shown at the at this uh, at this uh, reveal, how would that tonneau cover roll up because it's going somewhere when it rolls up, it's disappearing. Right. Maybe it's no, it can't be into the roof because the roof is glass. You can see through the roof. So right, is but, it going I mean, down in front of the back piece of the glass and into this black area here? That was the original, but if it does go into the top, then then you can uh, then it doesn't matter if the gate is down or not, you can open and close it. But if it does still do the the the, the path, you'll have to pick whether you want it open or closed before you lower the, the mid gate because then it can't go anywhere. Right. Uh, once it's already been deployed, yeah. So 
it'll be interesting to see once these trucks start to roll out and we're able to understand how these things work because you know just being from the outside we're really not sure we're we're kind of guessing based on what others have done uh to perform those functions oh that's a good uh, uh how can they notice that it looks like the lights inside the vault are gone yes i'm hoping that's, that's just because it's a, a prototype yeah you definitely want lights there yeah you want lights even on a regular the, uh, pickup truck <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely and of course uh this uh vehicle this beta vehicle they added the hubcaps again which the hubcaps have been minus uh, for a little while maybe they were always coming back uh, because these other ones that were been spotted on the road was just uh, for use uh, for testing you don't have to have it dressed up but this one actually right. had the uh, hubcap covers which really makes it look like you know a damnation alley type vehicle uh that's yeah. a, a reference to a, a 1980s movie so you can tell how old i am but uh, another thing was of interest was you could see the actual shock inside. And of course, the air ride uh, is going to make this uh, adjustable. I don't think this is the final design because uh, they, they've been off ever since the, uh, the, the, the ball bearing incident. And then, uh, then they brought back the exact same design. I think that they're going to still show us something that looks even cooler than, than this. I, well, I there's think no it's such like... thing as pencils down there, so... Yeah, right. I, I think I think this is this is going to be this vehicle Very is going close. to be given to us in a number of different flavors, and I think there's going to be street tires. I think there's going to be options yeah. depending on what you want or what you want to pay. Uh, uh, it's going to be different. Speaking of tires, these ones actually are a, a hybrid tire. On the outside, you've got those chunky uh, off-road style, and towards the center, it's it's more um, of a street tire, and then towards the other edge is more of a solid band for like your highway um stability and and uh, at this angle those little spokes look like little coffins like dracula coffins <laughs> uh, look look at the that's meat funny. on these tires though that's just incredible yeah. it, like like from this view it looks like that's an inch tall like it's <laughs> right. but then, crazy. But then look look at the next the next block from those first two and see how it changes to like a street tire uh further further in yeah see it and then mm -hmm. and then further in than that is that solid band for the highway rolling yeah. So that would be interesting if they've got their own custom tire for this thing. <clears throat> Not just a, a OEM tire like, they, you know, this is the one we put on the cars, like they have all the others, but like literally they engineered their own tire. That would be, wow. Another thing based on these tires is that uh, Tesla applied for a patent recently and did receive it just just yesterday or today um, mm -hmm. for for the Cybertruck. So um, obviously they they... They don't want someone to scoop in and, and patent something differently, so they're having to pay patent fees uh, to somebody yeah. else. So they've and, and it's kind of interesting they how long the patent process has been to get to this point. Uh, man, awful getting awful close to uh, uh, release of the vehicle, but uh, they did apparently get that patent just yesterday. Yeah, so that's uh, oh, that's a good, that's a good point, Derek. Uh, I wonder if that might be the reason for that hybrid style tire is that it makes less noise, but still has that off-roading and, and, and snow and, and, and loose gravel and dirt capability, mm. but without sounding like, because on EV, uh, it gets bad enough hearing those things go by on a gas car, but like, can you imagine being in that car and hearing, wah, wah, wah. so <laughs> maybe they needed to engineer their own tires. And then the other thing that's going to be true is that uh, that Cybertruck will be getting hardware for 
which we've also heard, you know, is rolling out now to S and X. Uh, we're seeing them being given to customers with Hardware 4. So uh, uh, Cybertruck will start with Hardware 4 uh, at the beginning. And on the Cybertruck we were just looking at, um, while it is equipped with Hardware 4, it still has the, uh, the regular uh, nine cameras on uh, the new S and X plus the bumper camera, but it didn't have that we could see any other um, cameras like for cross, cross blind spot or any of the other connections that Green found for us. Yeah, but they did notice that uh, little camera at the front center of the bumper. So, uh, right. and, and just like the new SNX, uh, it did have the triplex cameras, not the binoculars up there. Next, a uh, little bit of a supercharger update. Um, of course, the, the news had already been released. We knew about the 10 uh, Magic Dock superchargers that had been released. And we also learned uh, that uh, a version 4 supercharger was being installed first uh, in Europe. And later on, we found out that that was going to be in the Netherlands. And a little piece of information that was given at the investor day about the version 4s wasn't, wasn't really a, a lot of information, but they did say that the cables are going to be longer. So that was a, mm -hmm. a quick problem that everyone's going to have with the super docks. Not everybody. Certain vehicles with their charge port in a certain placement, it's they're stretching. Uh, they're you know to try to make that connection. So uh, with the new uh, supercharger version fours, uh, they are going to have a slightly longer cable uh, to enable others to charge a little bit easier. So and, that was and a taller uh, pedestal as well. Like it's, it's over six feet tall. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. So it's it's uh, the new uh, the new chargers. You can see it on our um, our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life if you haven't already connected there. And uh, as Casey mentioned, it's it's a little skinnier. It's a little taller. Uh, doesn't kind of looks like the urban chargers on steroids. It's a little bigger, a little urban fatter chargers than or a smaller ones. semi. Yeah, yeah, and, and a little shorter than what the semi is offering. The the semi one is like seven feet tall. So this is yeah. like in between. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the one that's in uh, Netherlands now that uh, people are scoping out. And a lot of pictures out there on the internet where, again, we're sharing them on our social feed. But uh, there is a, um, they're, they're, they're keeping them under wraps at this point. So nobody's taken the, the wrap off of it to, to show it. But uh, I have a feeling that someone's going to storm the gate at some point and just pull the wrap off of it just to get a few pictures because they're all hovering around the construction site every day. You can just see yeah. more and more pictures of these wrapped uh, superchargers. And, and and while they had the one open that wasn't wrapped, uh, there, there seems to be a lot more equipment in it than on the, uh, on the V3 posts. I mean, yeah, you had the radiator and the pump, but it just it looked like they were connecting more. I don't know if that was just because of the way that they had to punch down the uh, uh, the, the the cable, or but but also because it's top heavy. Because on the V3, that's right there on the ground, and it was all at a technician's face and, and chest height. And another piece of information that I think I don't know about you guys, but I think that at the beginning of the question and answer. Elon got up and indicated that yes, the new supercharger, the new Giga, Giga factory has been selected for Mexico, and it's yes. almost like he wasn't planning on doing it. And, right. and then, and then we heard the rumor that, of course, he had invited uh, the Secretary of State for Mexico was in the crowd. Right. 
Uh, And apparently he was telling everybody and their brother that the next gigafactory (laughs) was in Mexico as he was at this thing. So it's almost like Elon had to respond to that massive rumor that was being spread throughout everybody that was there because this gentleman was telling everybody it was happening. So the timing was inconvenient for us because we had just closed the camera down and then (laughs) announced it. (laughs) Yeah, but... uh, Again, it, it's it, it's hard to keep a president of a country quiet about something that he's been working on, because uh, yes. he wanted, of course, to, for his constituents to know that uh, as, as soon as possible uh, that uh, he's been working on this and it's now uh, something that has been uh, handshaked on and they're going to move forward. So uh, Can you imagine how petty Apple, Apple uh, how much petty Apple would have handled that with. <laughs> oh yeah. Not only is it not there; it's not even in your country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, and of course, uh, we've heard some extra information about the uh, the Gigafactory in Mexico as well, employing up to seven thousand people. Actually, Tesla says five thousand. Mexico says seven thousand. So we've got a discrepancy. Uh, three times the amount of land was purchased in this package, over the size of Giga Texas. Oh Giga man. Texas a large parcel of land yeah, so uh wow. this is this is three times the amount in mexico and of course we've been told that tesla plans on building the third generation vehicle in mexico to start so that is what their their plan is they are going to be aimed at the 70 million uh vehicle amount that we saw in the flow chart at the beginning of the show and of course this is for not necessarily there could be some spill into the United States, but they're aiming for Mexico, Central America, and Southern uh, South America. So there's a, this is this is apparently going to be aimed at pushing Tesla through the Southern Hemisphere on uh, on our side of the world. So uh, it uh, it's kind of interesting because of course this desk or this actual factory is only about five or six hours by car uh, to Giga Texas. So not not a great deal of dif- distance between uh, the two factories. So it's, uh, it's within the range of the Tesla Semi. There, there you go. <laughs> so there there can be obviously uh, some synergies between the two. They may be sharing some parts. They may be sharing the ability to do overruns, uh, or if a part hasn't come in, they could get some from the other factory. That kind of thing is is in play when they're only about five hours apart. But uh, it's kind of interesting that. Uh, haven't heard a lot about South America at all when it comes to Tesla, except when we talked about lithium mining and things, we heard about South America. But now this is aimed at producing cars. Again, if it is if it is the uh, third generation car, which they said it's going to be third generation platform, they're going to be cheaper. And of course, that's going to be mm-hmm. better for people to purchase in Mexico and South America as well. Yeah. And one of the gentlemen there had a chance to uh, interview Tom Zhu, and he says that... Uh... Mm-hmm every gigafactory except buffalo and fremont is going to get an expansion and and we noticed that uh berlin shanghai and austin all have extra land around them than what they needed for the factory so uh yeah. if if they follow through on that because you know everything at tesla is in flux at all times uh if they follow through with that that's going to be just incredibly stellar because <laughs> tom, <laughs> look at what they tom, do what they have tom zoo also indicated that uh the factory would be built faster than Shanghai. 
Shanghai, yes. as Casey knows, uh, was nine and a half months. Tom saying a muddy this field. Is, this is going to be this is going to be nine or a little bit lower. Uh, yes. So uh, he's he's on he's on the record that uh, nine months is what he wants to build this factory in. And on top of it, he also indicated that a second unnamed Giger factory will be built alongside at the same time different yeah one that doesn't already exist so it's not finished in giga 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 one uh also uh somebody the same guy had asked him hey what what are you gonna do about paint on 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 platform three and and tom responded that paint is expensive (laughs) so indicating we might have a cyber vehicle uh one that doesn't require paint maybe maybe a uh, bent origami sedan uh will be coming out (laughs) Or even just traditional uh, manufacturer uh, with stainless steel, but just thinner than Cybertruck because it doesn't need to be bulletproof. Um, but that still wears the Tesla DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, Tesla DeLorean. Uh, that that still wears your equipment out way faster, even at the thinner uh, uh, plating, like like what the DeLorean had. So I would I would lean to either something like Saturn with the impregnated uh, pigmented um, plastic or uh, a cyber small car. Yeah, so uh, lots to keep our eyes open uh, as this goes along. Mexico also indicated, the interior minister indicated that Tesla could have their uh, their final uh, permits uh, by this month if they want. So so it looks like the Mexican government is in high gear uh, to get those. It's not going to be a, a Giga Berlin type scenario in Mexico, obviously. Right. So now you're talking about Shanghai and forest. Yeah, in, <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, protecting the parking lot fauna. In fact, in fact, if you're near the construction of the new Giga Mexico, I would suggest staying off the road or you might be run over because it seems that it's going to be very quick. Wow. So uh, depending on where the other location is, they better hurry if uh, Mexico is trying to move this fast. Um, because if they don't get started soon, we're not going to be able to have uh, who's going to win a competition again between the two gigafactory right. builds. That's right. <laughs> get ready at the starting line, and Mexico's done. That's all there is. Yeah. So uh, it, it seems that they didn't want to do another uh, double up like they did with Austin and 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 Berlin, and that that one wasn't uh, on purpose either, where they're mm-hmm. learning a new technique at the same time as building the factory. So I'm curious what the other location, if it's going to be uh, a copy paste of Berlin and Austin, or uh, if it's going to be just far enough behind Mexico that it can copy what they've done as they've just started to ramp it. I, uh, that's interesting right there. Yeah. Casey, we were going to let you do one more story about yeah. the uh, FSD uh, before we yeah. wrap things up. So FSD beta 11.3.1 is just starting to roll out. If you've got a Model Woo-hoo. 3 or Model Y, uh, you're probably more likely to get it than anybody. Uh, I see one Legacy Model X in the uh, in the firmware data sharing groups that I'm a part of. Is uh, it so Patrick's car? It's not. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, items they pointed out was obviously they um, are, are now compliant with their recall that they promised to get us by April 15th. Uh, ahead of schedule for once. Uh, <laughs> Not once, but you know they, they're usually not ahead of schedule with anything at, uh, at Tesla. Uh, they pointed two out weeks. Uh, two weeks. <laughs> uh, I don't like this format. This format is actually what you see on the screen, um, where they went through everything that they did. Uh, some some key things to point out are um, at disengagement, especially, but apparently at all inputs, 
Uh, it'll ask you why you did that, and you can respond by voice. Hey, I saw I saw two for one burgers. Don't don't mind me. Or you know, <laughs> I, I thought you were too close to the wall, or you crept out too far. Uh, you can you can say these things or wrong lane. And yes, the the visualizations have changed. Uh, it's a little clearer to understand why the car is is, is doing something like slowing down. You get the chevrons that you used to get on the uh, lane that was slowing you down. You get them in your own lane. At the top, it'll say you know slowing down for traffic, slowing down for red light, uh, etc. It's now single stack, so this this code works on the freeway, not just on city streets. And uh, I haven't seen anybody who's tested Summon yet to see if Smart Summon includes, as Elon calls it, ass. Uh, actually, Smart Summon. And um, folks are just getting started, but I, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, don't expect miracles. Uh, just never, never do that. But uh, yeah, but with, with a combination build like this, it's usually yeah. you know one step back, half a step forward until uh, they right. get their legs underneath them. And it's so it's still making some of the same stupid mistakes we see it make. But uh, the the folks are reporting that it's smoother getting on and off the freeway. Uh, it's still doing that thing where it waits to the very last second to finish a merge. Like, like why? <laughs> I mean, I get it if there's traffic backed up, but but if it's a wide open road, you don't need to use the whole on ramp to to get on the road if it's got dashes and, and and so uh i'll be watching that as as it starts to roll out and hopefully uh i'm somewhere in the beginning of the queue so that i can get you some video but I'm, I'm not counting on that very good very good and uh kenny in the chat room has got a valid point uh due to recent news uh there's uh we had uh we had an incident in mexico at the browns i guess browns is it brownsville or brownstown uh texas uh entrance into mexico um, we're hopefully that the, the cartels are not going to continue uh, to do what they've been doing. Uh, but, uh, certainly our, our thoughts go to the people that, uh, uh, were, were shot, uh, well, they were died. Shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Two of them died. Missed, uh, and, uh, two, uh, were found and brought back to the United States just today. So, oh, wow. uh, we certainly hope, uh, that, uh, the cartels are, are, you know brought to justice on this type of stuff it should not be happening and i'm right. sure the the mexican government doesn't want any of this to happen as well it's uh it's going to uh, uh put a lot of people in danger that are crossing the border so it's uh it's it's a sad state uh where hopefully that uh this will be will be fixed um it's unfortunately it's what's happening in our world today uh but um we we hope that things can get better with that, uh, uh, Patrick, any uh, any sign-offs for us this evening? Sure. I blog at carswithcords.net. You can read my latest about uh, what I thought about Master Plan 3. And uh, as always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. Thanks. Very good. Very good. Casey, any shout-outs from you? Certainly. Uh, we'll catch you on Sunday at 1.10 p.m. Eastern over at YouTube.com at Casey Green, where we talk about electrifying all the things. And, uh, and we'll catch you there. Very good. Very good. And uh, everyone out there, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the show. Press that subscribe if you haven't do it, done it. And also follow us through the week on our socials on Twitter and Facebook. Just search The Tesla Life and you'll find us there. And with that... We'll get together next week and find out what's happening in the Tesla life. Good night, everyone. Stay positive, test negative. <laughs>